Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by KB's Car Care on 321 North Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, and cleaning team. Full detail is also available. While you wait on your vehicle, customer seating is available as well as the dining area. They open from Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so make sure you stop by. Today's episode is also sponsored by Floor Covers International, 1460, Emmett Road, and Welford, South Carolina. And also, this episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in Moore, South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies and meats cooked to order. You can do a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, and cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to feel at home anytime you visit, so stop by Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6, and Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and from the heart, and she would love for you to visit. So thank you, everyone, for sponsoring this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast as we are on our 2021 self-investment tour. We have another very special guest with us today. As we came from Miami, now we're here in McDonough, Georgia. We have the, the, the entrepreneur, founder of Smooth & Groove, Mr. Keon Davis. How you doing? What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I, I did a little bit of research. So for me, I do research, but I try not to do dive too much into it because I don't want to know everything about it. Like, I want this to be an experience for me as well. But yeah, most definitely. Just, just li- listening to your story and watching it and doing some research, man, is very inspiring. Like, I, I love to, to see how you got to where you are now. And it's just very inspiring. So I know the people watching this, they're really going to enjoy this episode. But just kind of starting out, Smooth & Groove, can you tell them a little bit about how long have you actually been in business? Cool. So I've been in business with this company. For, uh, it'll be 10 years this year. Mm-hmm. September September the 12th, 2011, when I started. Mm-hmm. Right? That's when I um, sold my first smoothie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what's the meaning behind the name? I like the name Smooth & Grooves. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you came up with the name? So for me, man, it was it was a little different. So, like, I always loved the California Raisins, right, growing mm-hmm. up. I used to love the California Raisins. You know, heard it from the grapevine, that whole type of right. deal. I loved the vibe they had, uh, the energy they brought, you know, the whole nine. And so I knew once I started my company, I wanted, like, a modern-day version of that. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at my logo, you'll see, like, um, the fruit with the Ray-Bans on, with the white right. gloves, you know what I'm saying, with the whole swag. And so when I did that, I knew I wanted to do a smooth name, right? I didn't want anything like Smoothie King or anything like that. I wanted something that was going to have um, not only a, a, a smoothie meaning, but something that, that had a little swag to it. You know right, what I mean? absolutely. So when I did that, it was like smooth in groove, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of that's kind of how we came up with the concept. And groove was the word, like... Um, it was like the word swag back in the day. Right. You know what I mean? Like at the time, it was like, hey, swag, lit. Yeah. All that word. It was groove back then, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew that I wanted to um, to kind of embrace that and use that as, you know, my platform. That way, it can always be timeless. You know Absolutely. What I'm so how did you actually get into the smoothie business? Like of all businesses that you could have dove into, like what made you say, I want to dive into the smoothie business? Bro, to be honest, it was like um, I was a party guy in college. Mm-hmm. In college, I threw all the parties. Uh, I did all the events, you know what I mean? I was that guy. I was the guy that was going to be at the bar, that was going to make sure everybody had a drink, you know, that type of deal. (coughs) And so, um, but when I was selling cars, me and one of my friends was talking about how much excess money we spent, right? And so he was working for, um, I think it was Kraft. And, you know, we were both athletes coming out of school, first to go to college. He got a salary job. I'm making good money selling cars, that type of deal. And he was like, yeah, bro, you know, I told him, I was like, bro, I spent like two grand in the bar this past week. You know what I'm saying? Just making it rain. You know what I'm saying? Idiot, right? And uh, he was like, bro, I got you beat. He said, bro, I spent two grand last month in the gym. And I was like, what? 
like, bro, how you spend $2,000 in the gym, right? I'm like, you play football with me. You know, I know you ain't paying for no, no personal training. I know you know how to work out, you know, right. type of deal. He was like, nah. He said, it's a dude in there that, that has a smoothie bar. You know, he was like, he sells smoothies, wraps, pre-workouts, post-workouts, salads, everything. Like, he was like, bro, I spend probably $40, $50 with him every day. You know, I was like, mm. man, that's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? And so I worked out at the gym that had a location for something like that, but they weren't utilizing it. So I'm like, damn, I can do that. You know, that's all right. I can do. And so that was the initial idea of, like, I'm going to do something in the smoothie space. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So start straight out of college, you went straight to selling cars? Mm-hmm. Or the first job? So I, I, was in, I was in college. So I had an opportunity to um, work for Regions Bank. Mm-hmm. Right, fresh out of college, and so I, w- I was in their MA program where they take fifteen, they take out of fifteen hundred people, they take five applicants. Right, they put them in a program. You go through six, three months of training, and you have your own bank. Right, you know what I'm saying. And so I was in the MA program, and I was one of the five that they picked. But the problem was, um, I didn't graduate on time. I didn't take a freshman English course. Oh man, you know what I'm saying. Mm. So, and then they only, they only, you know, I went to Tuskegee, so they only offer that class in the in the spring. You can't even take it over the summer. You can't take it in the fall. I had to wait a whole another year, you know, to take an English, my second part of English. And I lost my job. I lost the opportunity. I was devastated. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was hurt. And so um, when that happened, I had to find something to do during that time. All my other classes was done. I was supposed to graduate. And right. so I kind of stayed around the area. Uh, I was the manager at Foot Locker. I was still cutting hair. You know, I was just hustling at the time. And uh, that's how I landed on selling cars. Mm-hmm. So as a former athlete, I, and I like to ask athletes that we've had in the past that come on, what would you say was that skill or something that you learned from like playing sports that transitioned to life for you? Man, that's a great question. And I think the, the biggest thing is like, my coach used to say this all the time, man, and I never really understood it uh, until, like you said, until I got out in the world, right? Mm-hmm. He used to say that dog ain't gonna hunt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, no matter what we was doing, if we was in the gym, if we was working out, and we didn't have enough weight on the bar. Hey, bro, that dog ain't going to hunt. You know what I'm saying? Right, absolutely. If we on the field and, and we not giving it our all, right, that dog ain't going to hunt. You know, and so for the longest time, I never really understood what that meant. I knew that we weren't doing good enough, but I didn't really dig deep into that, right? Mm-hmm. And so now after I stopped playing, I started to realize, bro, that it's a lot of people out here that don't have that dog in them. It's a fact. You know what I'm saying? It's and a that's fact. your advantage to have that dog in you, mm-hmm. you know, and not even to have it in you, but letting that dog hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, and really pushing yourself to the max, pushing yourself to the limit that other people won't push themselves to. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and yeah. So I think that, that that's one of the things that, like, really embraced and it empowered me to um, to push the envelope forward, right? Keep Not going. only that, but also being able to struggle, right? Being able to think about going through camp, think about wanting to quit every day in camp, mm-hmm. right? Hot, hot, sweating, <laughs> hungry, yeah. thirsty, tired, mm-hmm. hurting, head hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all of those emotions that you have in that one moment where you just feel like you want to quit every single day. But then you realize you push your body to the max. You rest, right? And you push your body to the max again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the same thing in life is like, bro, I can push myself to the max that I know a lot of people have never felt. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Absolutely. And I can get past certain points that I know people can't get past. So all I got to do is continue to stay the course, rest, get up and do it again. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Take, take me back a little bit just before um, going to college. Like, where are you originally from and, like, how was life growing up where you were growing okay. up? So I'm from, I'm from Anderson, Indiana. Okay. Right? It's a small town outside of Indianapolis, about 30 minutes. Um, I'm the oldest of four boys. You know, mom okay. had me at 15. You know, we pretty much grew up together, you know, type situation. 
Um, I had three little brothers up under me. Mm-hmm. I was an athlete. You know, I was always an athlete. My mom was, was in the streets. I grew up in the streets, right? But I was the one that was, they were sent home, right? I would see, I would be around everything, and before something jumped off, they would send me home. Like, bro, go home, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here. You're like, go. You know what I mean? Type yeah, of guy. Deal. Yeah. And so that um, that was that was the thing that that I think helped me not only to have a level of street smarts, right? Not only to have a level of understanding of you know discernment, right? You know what I'm saying? Or different different things to sense danger, that right. type of deal. But also, it gave me the ability to learn numbers. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe that. Like, it's only one universal language. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's only one universal language. That's numbers. Mm. Right? Who know numbers the best? Yeah. Streets. <laughs> did you did you grow up, um, you know, saying being the oldest and your mom was in the streets, being the, the oldest of, of four children, did you feel like, man, I got to, did you have feel like it was like pressure for you? Like, man, I got to, you know, at least make it to the pros or make something out of myself because I want to take care of my family. Everybody, like, did yeah. you did you feel like that was part of the pressure on you oh, yeah. it, and it was I think it was pressure on me but it was my own pressure mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying it wasn't pressure that somebody put on me themselves I think for me it was more or less of like hey I know that I gotta be the one to make it mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying I gotta be the one that 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 changes the dynamic of my family right so they always tell you all the time like if you know better you'll do better you know what I'm saying yep. and so for me I knew better I felt better I felt different you know I understood different I seemed different and so it was up to me to make that transition to actually um, being the one to change the game, right? So I tell people all the time, my goal in life, bro, is to uproot my family's tree, right? And put it in better soil, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it'll bear better fruit, you know? What I, what I like about your story as well is I respect the fact that you, the, despite your circumstances, you didn't let that define you. Like, you didn't say, hey, my mom is out here, I'm the oldest, I gotta make something happen. Like, man, I just gotta do what I gotta do, whether it's hustling or anything, just to take care of my family. Like. You didn't let that define you, but was there anybody else around you growing up that you see as like that kind of even in the, in the most like uh, spark entrepreneurship? Or did you see it from anywhere? Was it anybody family or friends or close? I didn't whatever? really, I didn't really know what entrepreneurship was. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I know my granddad was like he he was my guy. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying that was the that was the he was the guy that um, you know before anything. Um, he was the one that my biggest fan, right? Mm-hmm. He was my biggest critic, my biggest fan, my biggest teacher. You know, my anything that you can think of that would be an influence to a, a, a male figure, he was that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so for me, I seen him sit at the kitchen table, right, and call phone numbers out of his atlas. He used to love the atlas. He used to drive tour buses. He had a tour bus company. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So he used to he used to plan riverboat trips. Mm. You know, take people to the casinos and and that type of deal. And so for me. I would always be on the bus selling drinks, selling pool tabs. You know what I mean? Mm. Just in there, just just being a part of that. But I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I was with Papa. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Papa going on the boat, I'm going on the right. boat. Right. You know, he, he got people, I need to sell these. I know, I, they, hey, they, they're a dollar a piece. Let me get you five of them. You know, mm-hmm. type of deal. So that was that was initially, like, kind of the, the deal. But it wasn't, it wasn't anything that I thought of long term. I was in the sports. Right. You know, that was my thing. So um, that was kind of the deal. But, like, as I was a kid... I used to sell my crayons and my color mm. pencils and pencils and stuff like that because I knew I wasn't going to get them back. So I'm like, bro, I'm letting you borrow it. I'm not going to get it back. When I get home, my mom going to whoop me because I ain't got my crayons and color pencils. Like, <laughs> yeah. Something out of shape. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At least right. I got to take my mom or something back. Like, right. oh, look, I know That's I ain't got money it, but I, got it. I can go buy my own again. You know what I'm right. saying? So that was the initiation to that and, and, and understanding that line of it. But as far as just having that, 
specific, you know, role and, and specific understanding of entrepreneur, I, I didn't really have. It. Mm. And my, I'm kind of similar to that in ways where my uncle, well, he, he worked at a, he worked at a plant, but at the same time on weekends, like he would go cut grass. Mm-hmm. But I, I never use, we never used the word entrepreneur or anything. We right. just knew like Uncle Carl going to cut grass. And sometimes he would let me and my brother go with him. And uh, we knew he had contracts to cut at different restaurants and stuff like that. And sometimes we'd go with him. He'd hand us a weed eater or something and just cut a little grass around around the building or around somebody's house or whatever. But we never knew, like, as an entrepreneur. Right. Honestly, I didn't really start paying attention to entrepreneurship or using that word really until, like, college mm-hmm. or towards the end of college because I just knew just work for somebody else. Like, that's all I knew. So. Right. I didn't really pay attention until then, but I always knew like my uncle had a business, and you know he he made good money. Like we mm-hmm. we always knew, Christmas time or our birthdays, he gonna hook us up because he, 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 he got it. Yeah, <laughs> he had he had deep pockets, man. But uh, for for you, you said when you saw you saw that your buddy was in the gym, they said you said that's when you knew you know okay, I'm gonna do the smoothies as well. Mm-hmm. So how how was the early stages of like starting to make your smoothies and transit making that transition? So it was for me. I'm a researcher. And I didn't even know I was a researcher, you know, mm-hmm. until like I, I'll, I'll say I'm a self-proclaimed researcher, right? And um, at the time, I was reading a book called The Alchemist. You know, mm-hmm. everybody know that book. That's that's the very first book that I've ever read in my life, cover to cover. Wow! And I did it twice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And in the book, it gave me so much life, and it made so much sense to me. You know what I mean? Of what I, I was feeling already. And so from there, it was like, well, I got to do something. You know, I got to do something. And so. Uh, my wife's dad had a smoothie bar in Baton Rouge for a while, and so I kind of got some recipes and stuff from him, but it was, like, different. You know, it was like, I can't, I don't have mango juice. I don't know how to make mango juice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I don't even know what guava juice is. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I just started doing my own research and finding out what works well together. I would taste it, and I, I bought a blender, and I just started buying fruit, and I just started mixing stuff. I'm like, oh, that go good together. Like, oh, I can cut that with that. Like, oh, I don't really like, because I never liked protein. I never right. liked protein shakes, none of that stuff. But I always had to find a way to drink it, so I had to find a way to cut it. Right. You know, so I would put lime in it. I would put lemons in it. I would, you know, do different things. So I didn't have that that taste. And so once I got into this space, it was like, oh, it was easy. Like, let me just mix these things and see how well they go together. And so I just progressed over the time to just get better and being able to adapt and change with the time and, and the phases and, you know, what people say they wanted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so once I started doing that, it was like, oh, it's a no-brainer. But my main thing, bro, was like, it wasn't the smoothies. It was the experience. Right? It was the experience. That's what I tell people all the time. Like, I'm not, Smoothie King and Jamba, all them people, they're not my competitors at all. We just sell the same product. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? My number one competitor is Disney World. You know? Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is that, like, I don't sell smoothies. I sell an experience. Sell an experience. You know what Some, I mean? Something that people will remember and want to always come back. Like, man, I went to Smooth and Groove and yep. had the best time. I got a book that I'm about to drop. Um, once I get everything open, uh, I'm really big into customer service, right? So I got a book dealing with customer service. So it's called Is It the Taste or the Feel, right? Mm-hmm. The Million Dollar Hack to Impeccable Customer Service. You Absolutely. know, And so my thing is, in the book, I talk about the experience, right? So 73% of the world drink coffee not because of how it tastes, it's because of how it makes it feel. feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You think about everything that we do in mm. life is based on feeling. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? It's not the taste, right? You can go to Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A does not have the best chicken sandwich, chicken nothing, chicken anything. 
right? They don't have the best tasting chicken. That's true. You know what I'm saying? They got the best feeling. They produce the best feeling to you. That's why mm-hmm. you want to go there every day. Yep. My, when you say Chick Fil A, my pleasure. I'm you know like, what I'm saying? Had me thinking sometimes, man, why are these people so nice to me all the time? Like, you know, but it, it, it but makes you feel. A certain it makes you feel way, good. Yeah. Right. So that's why I tell people all the time, it's not, it's not the smoothie. It's only a certain amount of ways you can make smoothies. Mm-hmm. Everybody I, know how to make a smoothie. And and now that you say that, you know, I'm. When I was younger, I didn't really pay that much attention to it. But like, as I get older, and I'm not saying like I'm old, I'm 29, but mm-hmm. customer service is like Every important day. now, man. Like, it's like, man, like if somebody make you go in a, in, a, in different businesses and they don't make you feel good, you're like, man, even if even if the food is good, like, man, they, the customer service is terrible. It's terrible. I ain't going I'm back. not. Yeah, I'm not going back. So then think about it like this. So think about it from a standpoint of you having great customer service and a great product, right? I know my product is good because I put the research in the work on my product. Mm-hmm. My focus is my customer service. That's the everyday thing. That's the thing that's forever changing, right? So if I can focus on my customer service and show my customers that I appreciate them. That's why if you look on these walls, you see my customers all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it's not about me. It's about them. Absolutely. Right? It's the feeling that I'm giving them. So now when they see their face in the store, it's like, dang, this is my store. Now what they going to do? They going to sell a product for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it make your workload easy. Yeah, I'm going to tell mom, I'm going to tell grandma, I'm going to tell everybody, everybody gotta my family. See. Man, you got to, not only the smoothie good, but man, they going to treat you like family. You're going to yep. feel good about it. That's what um we had, when we were down um in Miami, well, we actually had to shoot the interview up in Fort Lauderdale, <clears> and uh, David Cash, who owns Dungeon Ford, he was, for him, like you're saying, it's, it's about the people. Yeah. So he was like, he, he could easily, you know, put his, his, he calls them crowns, put his crowns in like different stores like a Target or a Walmart. But he's so connected to the people that he's. That's why he stays on social media and you yeah. know, asking. Hey, mm-hmm. You talking about keys? No, David Castro. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, David okay, Castro. Yeah, yeah, okay. He uh he had he makes hats uh called Dungeon Dungeon Forge down okay. in uh down in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. But uh he said he's so connected with the people that way that he's not really worried about you know going in like a store which yeah. he can but right. but it's like he's so connected with people this way. That is like, man, why, why even do that? Well, when you got this loyal fan base, and yeah. they gon' they gonna spread the word because of how you treat them and make them feel like family. Yep. Why rush and go like mainstream, like well, corporate or whatever? And mm-hmm. then you know, then those times, then you don't have as much control over it as when you go, you know, move right. to that, right. move to course. that level. Of course, yeah, it's a it's a thing, bro. Like when you think about it, man, when you when you tap in with with your people, your people arrive with you, bro. You That's know what I'm saying? Fact. Your people arrive with you regardless, regardless of if you open, close, something happened. You know what I'm saying? I've had customers that see me on the side of the road. I might have been in my truck and, and something may not have been strapped down in the truck and I done pulled over to the side of the road to strap something down and then they pulling over like, hey, you good? You know yep, what I'm saying? Do, Just because yep. they see the truck and they know that that is good people. So like, one of the things that I try to get people to understand, one of my biggest flexes, bro, in my entire life, bro, is that one of the things that I went to Tuskegee, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my twin brothers go to Tuskegee right now, right? So when I was at Tuskegee, I told you I was the party guy, right? I took, I took about, I think it was about 10 of them. I took about 10 guys under my wing, right? Took them under my wing, taught them the game, taught them who to talk to, you know, call everybody auntie, teach you how to get in the calf, you know, everything that I've learned, right? I'm teaching to them. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I realized was that one of my little homies, little homies, little homies, little homies, little homie, mm. little homie <laughs> is my little brother, right? Mm. So I indirectly affected my little brother by showing love to somebody else. You know mm. what I'm saying? By That's being big. by being my authentic self, my authentic person, and truly helping people and caring about people, it indirectly affected my little brothers, right? It's powerful. So then think about if I was a, a jerk, 
or I was somebody that ain't really care about folks and I didn't do that, then my little brothers wouldn't be effective at all. You know what I'm saying? True. So that's that's what I tell people all the time, man. You just gotta you gotta show love to people. Like I heard somebody say this the other day, man. It was like, bro, you you'll know the character of a male the way he treats a woman that he's not attracted to. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's probably, yeah. I was like, oh shoot. Mm-hmm. Like that's big. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think that the more that the more that we understand the value of love, like true purity, like finding out who we are as individuals. You know, because I, I had this, I had four G's, bro, that I stand on, right, every single day. And it's, it's what I did was to help me get rid of my ego, right? It was my four G's. And then my non-negotiables is what I do every single day. You know what I'm saying? And the first one is I show gratitude, right, for the mm-hmm. little stuff. Like, I'm not talking about, like, for anything I've accomplished. It's like, bro, I'm glad I can wake up on my own. That's a fact. Right? I'm glad I got my all my limbs work. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm grateful for that. You know what I'm saying? The second thing is I ground myself. You know, whether I meditate, whether I go outside and walk with my shoes off, whatever the case may be, whatever it is, I ground myself, right? The third G in them, I think this is the most important G out of all of them, bro, is my grace, right? Not mm. God giving grace, not any of that stuff. My grace that I give the world, right? My authentic self. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Removing the mask. Like, they always talk about the fingerprint. Like, we all got one fingerprint for a reason. We got to shine our light, right? Not dimming my light for nobody, not changing who I am for anybody, not trying to be like somebody else. In, in spite of me or getting like none of that bro like my authentic self like being my authentic self through and through and giving that to the world right mm-hmm. like Jay-Z say all the time my presence is a present you know what I'm saying Thanks. believe that and actually believe and stand on that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and then the, the last year is grind just always be doing something always be busy always be looking and striving to accomplish a goal you know mm-hmm. and so those are the things that, that helped me to kind of get rid of my ego but it also gave me focus and, and, and it gave me the ability to be my authentic self. My, my teacher, my professor, um, I wish I had spent more time with him. It was my final semester uh, um, at Upstate, USC Upstate. I remember he used to have these check marks on the door. And he said, and when you go in and sit down, he said, you see that, those check marks? He's like, that means check your ego at the door. Mm. He used to always tell us, it's, it's not about you. It's never about you. It's about other people and, 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 and doing the job and getting things done. Yeah. And, and, and like you all, and also said about just gratitude, just being thankful for a lot of things. And what people don't know, like I actually, about a week ago, about a week and a half ago, I actually uh, hurt my back at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, it still bothers me now, but the thing is, like I, I had this thing I've been doing since February where I just write down everything that I'm thankful for. And it's mm-hmm. like not even about money or anything. Mm-hmm. But now it made me really realize when, when people say, when sometimes we get mad at sometimes you see people criticizing what people like man you got all this going on you rich you got all this money and you still complaining like and even when it comes to their health like when wealthy people sometimes will say things like man i'll give all this money away if i can have my peace. health and <laughs> my peace of mind peace. yeah, yeah. So, man I, when i when i hurt my back that's one of the things i'm like man i'm i'm grateful and thankful for everything I'm like, man, i can understand now how they say man health taking care of yourself and that peace of mind is everything because I think oh, who was this? Big Sean. He said, "Bro, if it costs you a peace of mind, it's too expensive." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that that resonated with me so bad because, like, even in the entrepreneurial space, you think about in the entrepreneurial space the 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 level of like ability that you need to have to be able to um, to move forward every single day. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like the ability that you got to have, the, the things that you, the space you got to be in because. Essentially, you do these things, bro, you literally almost got to be crazy. 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you got to have a level of insanity, bro, to think that you can create something that's never been created. Mm-hmm. You know, and be okay with that. You yeah. know, and so, like, you think about people like uh, like Thomas Edison, right? That was involved in inventing like, I ain't going to say he invented the joint. You know what I'm saying? But right. he was involved in inventing the joint. But in the midst of him talking about that, they admitted him to the crazy home three times. They thought he was crazy, yeah. Just for talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, bro, like, you really going to tell me because I have an idea that you've never heard of that you're going to put me in a crazy institution. You know what I mean? Because so they just because they couldn't see they it. Can't fathom it. Yeah. But it ain't for them. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's not for them. That's that's not something that they gave him. That's that's his grace. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So imagine him not shining his light because of what other people thought of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That when you just said that, it just reminded me of uh, what what my one of my favorite people that I that I've interviewed. He, I always say that he was kind of like the blueprint for this podcast. His name was Ben Hall, and people okay. hear me talk about him all the time. But one of the things he said, and I actually posted it the other day um, on Facebook, and I said one of the things he used to preach to me all the time is you can't be normal and great at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, the, when you have this vision, people are not going to understand what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build. And like you said, sometimes it's like you, you always got to be crazy because of the things that you're trying to do. And it's like even even if you go look at professional athletes, like people might look at Tom Brady like, He's so driven at what he's doing. Like, man, this guy is crazy. He's still playing. Mm-hmm. But that, the level of greatness that these athletes display is like they got to be committed to. And it's like, man. That's all they might, know. Yeah, it's all they know. That's all they know. And that's, and that's the thing. Like, for me, the only thing, bro, I'm going to be like the only thing that I watch. And I've done this for like the last three months, bro. Anytime I turn the TV on, I turn it on one thing. And that's the, um, the last dance with Michael Jordan. I've watched that series oh, probably man, I watched a thousand it. times, right? And I watch, like I literally it was insane. turn it on every day, right? And it's every part, every time I turn it on, I fall asleep watching it. But the reason that I do that, it has nothing to do with the, 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 the feeling that I have toward Michael Jordan, right? Or idolizing him when I was a kid. That was, you know, the favorite player. player was he was guy, the greatest. Yeah. He was the GOAT, right? That type of deal. It had everything to do with his mentality mm-hmm. and why he was that person. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the core of Michael Jordan and why he is who he is? You know, he wasn't the biggest. He wasn't the fastest. He didn't jump the highest. He wasn't the strongest. Right. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't the tallest. You know, and so, but he was a dog. His will to win. You know, and he, he, said, something, will. he said something to in, in the show, and I say to me, because I be thinking, like, we having a conversation when <laughs> I do that, joint. but, like, he said something in the show, and it was like, bro, he said, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition problem. Mm. Right, so what that means to me is is that his ability to compete at anything is what drives him, right? Mm-hmm. So as an athlete, you think about it. You always talk about the killer instinct, right? People that had a killer instinct. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And my uncle used to tell me when I was young. He used to tell me all the time, killer ant with a sledgehammer, right? Mm. I was like, like, oh, you tripping? You know, you talk to your old head. You like, uh, <laughs> you drunk, man? Like, what's going on? Like, what yeah. you talking about? You know, and so as I got older, again, it's a lot of things that that, I, that stuck with me that I that now I understand, right? And so he say killer ant with a sledgehammer, right? So when I heard that, and now I'm listening to Jordan and the way that he speaks, right? You remember the part where he was talking about B.J. Armstrong when he made that shot and they won that game? Yeah, right? jump. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He was talking junk. He was like, "Bro, I'm supposed to kill this dude." You know what I'm saying? He came back. I'm supposed to kill this dude. Mm-hmm. Like that? That's not even a thing. I'm supposed to kill this dude, right? In the killer instinct, it shows you that no matter what, it has nothing to do with nobody else. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. I didn't kill him because I chose not to kill him. I can't do that. I can't take my foot off the gas. I got to let you know I got to kill him with a sledgehammer. 
I'm gonna let you know that you don't belong on the court with me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you know that you don't stand a chance. I don't care who you are. This is my That's space. And the same thing I tell them in the smoothie space. It ain't got nothing to do with whoever in this space. It ain't got nothing to do with them. This is personal, right? Mm-hmm. You better get your, you play for right. a second. Do you do you ever feel like sometimes you may, I don't want to say level of guilt, but you know it's like you so committed to what you're doing that sometimes you could kind of like leave. It kind of at times I guess leave things behind or like you you want to do other things, but you're so committed to what you're doing and you're so committed <clears throat> to the process. That at times when you want to do other things, that you so focus on what you want to do, that your uh, your task at hand, that you kind of like leave those things aside for a time, or do you ever feel kind of like guilt for that? Because I know like like we're talking about athletes, they're so committed to what they're doing. Sometimes like when they have they miss recitals, mm-hmm. they miss birthday parties and mm-hmm. birthdays and all that type of stuff like that. <clears throat> so do you ever? Cause cause I know at times I do as well. It's like when we're traveling so much and, and doing this, you know. My, my my babies are looking for me sometimes. They just want to see daddy, but I'm right. like, man, they don't they don't see it right now. Right. But, but in the long run, you know, it's gonna be worth it for them. Right. And of course, I'm gonna definitely bring them along with me. But they're so young, they're still young right now. But which I bring, I brought my son with me a couple of times. But it's like, do you ever feel that guilt at times? You know, because you you grinding so hard that sometimes you may feel like you're too laser focused. Or? Well, I think for me. One of the things that I have, because I've always had, like, in my in my marriage, there's been different things where it's like, you're not this, you're not that. And I made those adjustments, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, I think the thing is, is that within any business or within any anything that someone is striving for, I think the most important thing is to have the family involved. Right. Right? In whatever type of way. You know what I'm saying? But also my philosophy on, on things is that... Um, you know, when people talk about having eight streams of income or seven streams of income to be a millionaire, right? Well, I don't necessarily believe, I believe in that, but I don't believe in the way that people are saying it, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at it like this. I look at it from an octopus standpoint, you know what I'm saying? Where octopus got eight arms, right? But every arm that goes out in every direction comes back to feed that body, mm-hmm. right? So y'all say you keep the main thing the main thing, you know what I'm saying? So like we make smoothies, we're a smoothie company, right? But I also got blenders. That's a whole yep. nother arm. Yep. You see what I'm saying? I got recipe books. That's a whole nother arm. You know what I mean? I'm finna get into hookah flavors. That's a whole nother arm. Mm. Right? But at the same time, it brings everything back home. It's under the same brand. It's under the same umbrella, but it's a different stream of income. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I think that one of the things that we have to do is we got to understand and make sure that we make the main thing the main thing and continue continually um, keep your foot on the gas so that we can keep everything going in the way that we need it to go so that now when your family come up, Hey, let's teach them how to do this, right? My son, when he in town, he work in the store with me. My mm-hmm. daughters, they got their own blenders. They make smoothies at home. You know, they know daddy makes smoothies. They know they know that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, in the midst of that, like I do all the events at their schools. You know, I'm at their I'm at their, their games. Like I'm their I'm either their coach or I'm gonna have a truck at their games. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're gonna we're gonna be our presence is gonna be there all the time. And so even in the space of being an entrepreneur, yeah, one, you got to take every opportunity you can because the play don't care who make it. That's you know what I'm saying? Yep. But at the same time, I try my best to be able to be in position to where if there is a recital, if there is an appointment, if there is something like that, that either I can be involved or I can be the one to take them there. Because, mm-hmm. like, for me, I take my girls to school every morning. That's you know big. what I'm saying? That's my thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to school. That's just that's my thing. You know, and that's going to always be my thing. Mm-hmm. That, that was one of the things that bothered me at first when, you know, before I kind of transitioned from working two jobs, it's like I was just working to pay bills, and, and that actually bothered me one day. I was like, man, my, my baby girl's getting ready to go to kindergarten. For, this was this was about two three years ago, getting ready to go to school for the first day, and it's just like, man, I'm 
I can't even take her to school because, you know, this happened, man. So that that's that's what kind of made me kind of like, you know what, let me do my transition from, mm-hmm. you know, you giving them thing. all my time to, you know, doing my own thing. So yeah. I, so I want to ask you about your transition. When you were selling cars to, to doing smoothie, were you, were you doing both at the same time or did you just quit and did you go all in on the smoothie? I quit. I, what I did was um, I got my check, my last check, and I knew I was going to quit. I was, I was prepping for this, right? I told myself this was my last month before the month started. Mm. You know, and I set a goal, and I, like I said, I was reading the book The Alchemist. I was working on my plans. I was coming up with my concept and ideas, and I told myself this is my last month. And I said I'm gonna sell one car every day, right? That was my goal. Sell one car every day. I did that up until the 16th day of the month. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then the next day I ended up selling two. You know, and so like I ended up selling like 22 and a half cars that month. Mm. You know, and I, I knew that was my last month. And so uh, after that, you get your check like 10 days later. You know, so I worked them little extra days. And uh, after that, I was gone. I quit, you know. And I had, I had, I remember this like it was yesterday. I had twelve thousand eight hundred and eighty-three dollars on my check. I paid all my bills up for six months. You know what I'm saying? That was the first thing I did. After that, I had two thousand dollars left over, you know. And I used that to start my company. Mm, that's big. Yeah. So, so when was it for you that you realized, okay, and I'm, I'm all in on the smoothies, and then people started supporting? Like, when was that moment for you? you feel like, okay, now I'm on to something with mm-hmm. my business, like. Is well, really it, up. it was really initially, you know, it, initially it was like I was in a gym. And so you imagine coming in the gym and everybody that walked in the gym, I was speaking to. It had got to the point where they thought I ran the gym, not the juice bar. They thought I ran mm. the gym. <laughs> you know, I'm speaking to everybody. People coming up to me asking questions about their account. I'm like, bro, I have no idea. You know <laughs> like, bro, I have no idea. Like, yeah. I just own the juice bar. You know, and so. Oh, so you were selling smoothies at the gym? I was inside of the gym. Okay, okay. I had a, I had a little kiosk inside the gym. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so that that's where I started. And so it mm. was like. I can't help you with your account. Like, right. I don't have to sell the smoothie. You know like, I, don't, I don't know that. But, but that's the type of impact that I had in the gym. So when I started doing that and having that, having that going, people start showing up and, and, you know, people start looking for me. You know, and that was the thing. I'm like, dang, I got something, bro. You know what I'm saying? I was making three, $400 a day in the gym by myself from 8 to 9 every day, you know, just like purely hustling. Mm-hmm. And then so I opened up another gym um, in Columbus, Georgia. I was in Auburn. I opened up in Columbus, Georgia. Okay. Which is the time is an hour ahead and it's an hour away. Right, I ain't had no systems. I ain't had no processes. I ain't had no procedures. I was strictly hustling, bro. Like, and then I had it to where if I opened up in Columbus, I would close in, in uh, Auburn, or if I closed in uh, Auburn, I would. Uh, if I op- closed in uh, Columbus, I would open up in Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if I was not at one of the places and something happened, it just had to happen. Like, I, there's nothing I could do to fix it. Right. Just had to fix it when I come back <laughs> down. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that just got real stressful, bro. And and. Like I, like I said, I ain't had no systems. I was purely hustling. And it got to the point where I, I was like, bro, I can't do this no more. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I shut the, the store down in Columbus because I lived in Auburn. And I was like, I'm going to just focus all my energy in Auburn. And mm-hmm. the very next week, I met the guy that um, is responsible to bring people on campus at the university. Mm-hmm. So you, since you uh, graduated from Tuskegee, was that kind of like your connection? to you know do smoothies at the university as well or nah, it, it had just... nothing to do with nothing okay yeah so my my connection at tuskegee was just strictly because like i threw all the parties like i played cap i played football like i was that guy you know what right. i'm saying like i was always hustling like I, I knew everything about everything i knew what office to go to you know i call everybody auntie and uncle and right. you know i can get anything done i need to get done on campus you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying but when it came to auburn like they two separate two separate ball games Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were selling at Auburn. I was in Auburn, yep. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. So I saw, um, speaking of competition, I, I saw on 85 South when you were talking about 
the business was so successful that he got shut down. That you shut down Smoothie King and then another smoothie business as well. Yeah, Fresh and then, and then uh, uh, Tropical Smoothie. Right. And then you said you started being audited and everything. Can you talk a little bit about that process of like how being successful like that and then, you know, shutting down these major corporate major corporations and then they kind of like giving, giving you a little bit of pushback? So it, at the time, I didn't really know what it was. Like my thing was I was just, I was an athlete, bro. I'm just going to outwork everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that was my thing. Like I'm going to work harder than everybody else. At the end of the day, I'm going to get the best results. Mm-hmm. Period. That was the only thing I knew. You know what I'm saying? And so my thing was like I used to ride down the street. It was a main street. It was called College Street. It was a main street where all the businesses was on. And I used to drive past that street to get to um, to go to work. And so on that street, you would see, like, McDonald's, Walmart, Burger King, all these different stores. And this is even before I opened up my store. And I was like, bro, like, all businesses start the same way. You know what I'm saying? It took somebody with some guts and some nuts and said, look, I'm going to do this jump. I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Irregardless of what business it is, it all started the same way. You know what I'm saying? And so then I was like, okay, cool. I'm looking at Walmart. And I'm like, bro, you lying me and Sam Walton up side by side. I, I work that boy every day of the week. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I, and I start doing that I with see. every business across the board. And I'm like, bro, why am I not in business? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. Like, what am I doing there? Mm-hmm. You know? And so once I started mine, I'm like, bro, I'm just going to outwork everybody. One of my cheat codes, bro, was that um, I used to do third shift at the hospital. Okay. Like, nobody's up, there's no competition. There's no healthy option at all during that time, right? And then on top of that, the third shift make more money than everybody else. Yep, it's true. You know, and I don't even have to worry about competing or doing anything with anybody. You know what I'm saying? And so that's where I made 20% of my money at on third shift when everybody was asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that was the effect that happened. And so for me, as I kept doing that, it's like, bro, I only want this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I right. only want this. I don't want. I don't want the other stuff. I want this. So, so when you were kind of forced to, uh, you said I think you say you lost maybe like one hundred seventy-five thousand. Yeah, cash. Like, <laughs> what was that process like of being hit with that, losing that type of money while you in your business right now? Like, like what was your mindset when that happened? Bro, my mindset when when it happened when I found it, when I found it out, I was actually headed to um, Florida. Like, I had my truck was already shipped down there. My um, all of the stuff was already gone. Um, he was going out there for this big football tournament. And <clears throat> and so what I did was I had got all my money out. You know, I had, I had went to the bank, got some cash out to travel with. And then before, right before I left, I, I remember like it was yesterday, uh, it was my two guys that we was driving to Florida in their car. And as I was walking outside to get in the car, I was like, let me check my account and make sure I need to move some money around just in case they need some money while, they, while we're going at the store. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And as soon as I opened up my account, I seen that $59,000 negative. Like, I was like, whoa. Well, I would have had a heart attack. <laughs> well, I logged out. You know how you log out on an iPhone and swipe it up and close Go. the app out? Like, yep. I did all that. Yep. Oh, let me log back in this thing. Where am I tripping? Make sure this. So I logged back in. I was like, whoa. So I screenshot it. I'm like, bro, what is this, bro? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then so I called the bank. You know, you get on the phone trying to figure out what's going on. It was like, yeah, the, the state took it. Like, I mean, I don't know what you got. I don't know what's going on, but they came in and they got it, you know. I'm like, what? So, mind you, I only got $2,000 in my pocket, and we headed, my truck already in Florida. You know what I'm saying? We headed to meet my truck. I can't put product on the truck because the truck not on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I ain't had no product in the truck. I had to take that $2,000, and we had to travel down there. I had to buy product, and I had to function to operate while I was down there with $2,000, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That was supposed to be like a $10,000 weekend. And so, the first day we got down there, I bought enough product, right, for what I had. 
and I bought enough product with what I had, and then um, I was selling that day, right? It was a shorter day, and we almost sold out, right? So I'm like, all right, bet it's going down. Let me double up for tomorrow, mm -hmm. right? Mind you, I can only use cash because any credit card transactions going to the name. Yeah, they going, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like throwing it in the trash. So I can only take cash, you know? And so um, when I did that, I doubled up the next day, right? Well, in Florida, bro, <laughs> it was 32 degrees in hmm. Florida. And I sell smoothies. Mm. The day before, it was 84. You know what I'm saying? It's tough. So I'm like, bro, like, what in the world? So mind you, I'm not even thinking about the negative that I got right now. I'm thinking about the current moment and situation. Mm -hmm. And so one of my guys, we was like, hey, what are we going to do, bro? And we just sitting here looking crazy. You know, it's cold. Ain't nobody buying a smoothie. You know, we had a little bit of food, but we wasn't even doing food like that. And I was like, bro, I got to make a decision. I got to make a game time decision. So I said, freak it. I said, bro, take this money that we made. I said, I want you to go to the store and buy everything hot. Hot chocolate, hot mm. cups, hot this, everything. I want you to buy everything hot. Now, the only way that we had to make hot chocolate was a microwave. <laughs> in the <laughs> truck. That's the only thing we had. I'm like, freak it. We're going to put this water in here. We're going to put that jug in the microwave. We're going to sell hot chocolate. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we did. But um, And we did that that day. And then the next day, it got back warm. But... Uh, I didn't make anything close to what I was planning on making, but long story short, that was the moment that I felt, and I had to, I had to perform because I knew that one, I knew that God gives stronger soldiers in tougher situations, mm -hmm. right? And so, not only that, I also know that, like, if you believe in it, you're gonna always be good, you're gonna always see you through, right? Mm -hmm. So the first part of that was was that he thinks that highly of me to give me this struggle, right? Mm -hmm. It's a blessing to struggle. Right. right. So you think that highly of me, right? To give me this level of struggle, right? That means I'm I must be somebody. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I fact. must have some type of some I must have something in me, bro. Right. For you to give me that level of struggle. Because I there's nobody I ever met in my life that has been through anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? At that magnitude. You know, except people that are highly successful. Mm -hmm. So that means that I'm right on track. You know what right. I'm saying? And then the second part is I know that I'm gonna be straight. Right? I just got to figure out how to get through this. And that's mm -hmm. why I wrote that 21-day that, uh, thank you journal. Because I almost committed suicide during this journal, bro. Mm. Like, I was at my lowest point because at the time, money defined me, right? Mm. The number in my account defined me, right? That was my level of, of acceptance. That was my everything. You know what I'm saying? That's how I identified myself. I didn't know anything. I didn't know who I was as a person, right? And so I used to call myself Mr. Untouchable, like Nikki Barnes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was right. like Nikki. You know what I'm saying? That was my swag. Like, shoot, I'm like Nikki Ball, <laughs> you know? And then when all that happened, it was like I failed. The rug came from under you. Just jerked the rug off. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, you think about, like, um, like the Get Out movie when Buddy was in the sucking place. And he was just falling. Mm -hmm. Nothing to hold on yep. to him. When he hit the ground, he just was falling. Like, bro, right. that's how I felt. You know, mm. that's exactly how I felt in that moment. And so, it forced me, like, at my lowest point, bro. Like, I didn't have anything left, bro. Like, I went to the title pond place, title pond my truck, just to do my payroll for my employees. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that that yeah. people don't even know. But it was right. to me, it was like I gotta take care of these people. Like this is my responsibility. This is my business. This is my, this is this is on me, right? Mm -hmm. So let me figure it out. And so when I did that, and I'm getting phone call after phone call, I'm like, bro, like I just like you owe this, you need this, you gotta pay this. Where you at? This? I'm like, bro, I just went home. I was like, you know what? It's over, with, bro. So I went home, I sat on my couch, right in front of my TV, I still remember this, right in front of my TV, I sat on the couch, I had my pistol in my hand, I put my phone on the table right in front of me, face up. I said, that phone ring one more time, it's a wrap. 
Like, I mm. can't help it, but it rings one more time. It's a wrap. And as I'm sitting there, looking at that phone, waiting on it to ring, I don't know how much time. It, it felt like it was days that I was sitting there. It could have been seconds, but it felt like forever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. That I was sitting there. But as I was sitting there, I started to think about, like, my mom had been 15, right? She was on the abortion table, got off the table, and left, right, mm. to have me. You know what I'm saying? Like, how would that impact my mom? You know, at the time, my granddad was living. He was my biggest fan. You know, like, I was, hey, my grandson this. You know, I'm the oldest of four. I got little brothers and cousins that look up to me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm the golden child to everybody. Like, if right. I can't do it, then I'm killing the whole generation off. Mm. Because they know they don't stand a chance. If I can't do it, if he can't do it, then shit, we don't stand a chance. You know what I'm saying? My little girl at the time, she was, my, I only had one daughter at the time. Like, she was going to have to walk in on this. My wife was going to have to clean this up. Oof. You know what I'm saying? This would devastate them, right? So when I when I thought about it, I was like, bro, I can't do this job, bro. So I went and I got a notepad. And I wrote down every name that I felt like depended on me. You know what I'm saying? And that was the beginning of my journal. I got a journal over there. It's over there now. It's a 21-day thank you journal. And so what it did was it made me see the little things that I was doing right. Because what I realized at that moment, at that lowest moment in my life, bro, I didn't even see myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or whatever version I thought I was, I didn't even see myself. So by me doing those small wins, like, hey, I woke up early today, right? The little stuff, yeah, the things that I'm thankful for, stuff, yeah. the greatest gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. That helped me to identify myself again. That helped me to see, like, bro, you really not that bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I was an outcast, because I was trying to do something that no one has ever done that I've ever seen in my life. Right? It don't mean that you're going to get it right the first time. Mm -hmm. It don't mean you're going to get it right the second, third, fourth time. You know what I'm saying? But the more that you try and the more that you understand what you did wrong, it makes it that much better. It makes it that much sweeter. It makes it that much more of an impact that you have on people after you accomplish that. And it's like God gives you these, like you said, God gives you these tough battles. And it's like, to me, I always feel like, you know, he's, he's going to give you things. Like, But I always I actually wrote a chapter about it in my book. It's like, God got you. Like, you still here. Like, you, the things we think about, we stress about, it's like, it's really not that bad because we're still here to talk about it. Yep. But it's like, I always feel like entrepreneurs, you know, we're going to have these moments where it's like your back is against the wall. We just talked about it um, when we were down in Miami. It's just uh, like your back is against the wall, but it's like you're going to have a moment where you just got to fight. Yeah. And just, you, you're going to figure it out. It's just one way or the other, you're just going to figure it out. And go back to camp. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It go back to camp. It yep. go back to the gauntlet drill. Right? Mm -hmm. Go back to inside. You know, it go back to, back to warm up. It, it just goes back to, like, are you willing to go through this camp and survive this camp to be able to play this game mm -hmm. right at the end of the day the practice is way harder than the game that's a fact you know what i'm saying yep practice is way harder than the game game mm -hmm. is the easiest part of the, of the whole process mm -hmm. so it's like are you willing to go through that to get here you know what i'm saying and the same thing in life are you willing to go through the mud are you willing to go through like sleepless nights and all this type of stuff all of these turmoil and everything are you willing to go through this to get on the other side? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. You got to re even realize that about, like, the most successful people that you see. They didn't just get there just by just pop out of, out of nowhere and just say, hey, I'm, I'm rich and I'm successful. It's like right. everybody went through something to get to where they are. It's like yep. we just don't see that all the time on TV. It's just because even on social media, it's just like everybody just rich and successful. Everybody winning. Yeah. Yeah, everybody winning. But you, you got to realize, too, bro, like, and that's one thing that I'm real big about is I, I like to share my failures. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I like to share my failures because at the end of the day, nobody always wins, right? Mm -hmm. But it, in, even in, in my other book, I got a book called Go For It. In that book, it talk about um, the difference between a winner and someone who's winning. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? 
Like that's a huge, that's a completely different person, right? Mm. Somebody can win. So you can look up and win. They talk about any given Sunday, right? At any time, yep. somebody can win. In, in a fight, yep. any moment, somebody can get somebody. knocked out. Yep. Right? That doesn't make you a winner, right? That just means that you won just then, right? A winner is somebody like Tim Tebow. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Somebody you know that's going to always find a way to win. No matter what. I don't yep. care if you like him. I don't care if you don't. Whatever. You find a way to be, get it done. He's going to find a way to win. Yep. One way or another. You know what I'm saying? That's a winner. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so when people think about that and you think about being a winner in life, Whatever your goals are, whatever your expectations are, whatever your wants and desires are, like, bro, are you a winner? A winner knows another winner, right? And people mm-hmm. idolize winners, right? People call them executors, they, whatever the case, whatever you want to call it. But a winner is a winner. And people are attracted to winners because they win. You know what I'm saying? Yep, let the losers lose. You know what I'm saying? Tip said that. Mm-hmm. I let the losers lose, bro. I ain't even worried about yeah. that. You know what I'm <laughs> I want to ask you something else about entrepreneurship. A lot of times entrepreneurs say, you know, they, they took an L or they or they failed at something. or you know, Even when they fail, it's like it's a lesson, honestly. Mm-hmm. But but it's, when you talk about failures, like, when would you say you actually know that you actually, like, failed at something? Well, I think that um, my failure is when I quit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, that's when you fail at something. I think that, you know, when you stop doing something, when you stop believing right in yourself when you stop believing in your ability when you stop believing in you know your capabilities of creating or doing or even making the adjustments right throughout the process i think that's when you lose because you don't lose throughout you don't lose during the process you don't lose mm-hmm. during the during the series right you don't lose that you always got another chance to win you know what i'm saying you got always got another chance at back but as soon as you get knocked down bro and you don't get back up that's when you lose mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying or the second part of that is is being able to do something someone else's way, right? I always feel like this. If I'm like with this store, I'm gonna trust myself, right? I'm gonna trust myself. I'm gonna trust my abilities, my thoughts, my experience. I'm gonna trust that, right? And go about it the way that I know that I need to go about it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, had I went about it the way someone else thinks I should go about it, you know what I'm saying, based on their feelings, right? right? Let's say it don't work. I lost twice, bro. I didn't mm-hmm. learn nothing, <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? And I let somebody talk mm-hmm. me into doing something Do that it. was their idea and not mine. Right. You know what I mean? So that I think that's the time when people actually lose is when they stop. Do you ever look back and think to yourself now, it's like, wow, man, I, I built a successful smoothie business and I, I shut down a, a smoothie king and, and what was the other smoothie? Uh, Freshens and tropical smoothie. Do you ever look at those and say, man, I'm a black man. I, I did this. Like, I built a successful business. I shut down these other competitors. Do you ever look back and like, man, I really accomplish these things or not saying that you're satisfied with it and you dwell mm-hmm. on it, but do you ever sit back and think sometimes like, man, I'm a, I'm a black man and I defy the odds and I, I was able to compete with these uh, major, major businesses. Well, for me, it's not even a thing because I don't even compete with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's like I said earlier, that ain't even my, that's not even my competition. That's expected. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I expect that. That's not, that's not something that, that's surprising me. It's just about, I got to figure out how to get there. Right. You know, I've already seen the. I'm going to be the largest smoothie company in the world, bro. I'm just waiting on time to catch up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've right. already seen it. You know, so it's, it's not nothing that I feel like is, is like outlandish or crazy or it's like, bro, that, bro, you in my space. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like trying to run a race and somebody in your lane. Like, bro, get out my lane. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I need, to, I need to move that way. You got to get out my lane. You know, and so for me, it was like, I look at it from a standpoint is they don't care about me. Right? And the other part of that is that in every, in every single industry, bro, in every industry there is, right, 
in every industry. The leader of every industry was once not in that industry. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The leader, right? The leader of every single industry was once not in that mm -hmm. industry. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I remember Jay-Z did an interview and he was talking about like, he's like, bro, I'm not even worried about somebody that's shooting at me that's that's a big artist or somebody that's trying to get me to bite back at them or anything. He's like, I'm not even thinking about them. I'm thinking about the person that's at home that's studying my weaknesses mm -hmm. that I don't even know about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody that, that's doing all these things that I don't even know is studying my turn. You know, mm -hmm. why am I paying attention to somebody that's watching my every move and trying to duplicate what I do when I'm watching, I know there's somebody out there that's studying my weaknesses. Absolutely. Yeah, a few more questions and we'll get ready to wrap it up. Okay. When you when you talk about we talked about customer service and you know, creating that culture, uh what what kind of culture do you try to establish in your business and what kind of what message do you try to preach to your employees? So for me, I think my, my main thing is um what I try to give to my employees, man, is just the ability to always like always be closing, right? not only be closing, but always have a certain level of energy. You know what I'm saying? Always create customer service. Always be the reason why somebody wants to come back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I always look at it from a family standpoint. Anybody that work with me, they gonna feel like family. You know what I'm saying? And I always tell people all the time, this is, this is a team, right? I can't, I'm just a player coach. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? I'm gonna get in here and you gonna have to, they have to tell me all the time, like, bro, I got it, bro. Like, I got it, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's right. just who I am. Like, I'm a player coach. I'm gonna get in there. I'm not, I'm not gonna let someone Still, I'm not gonna let anybody outwork me, regardless of if you're supposed to or not. I'm gonna get the job done just as much as you will, you know. And mm -hmm. so I always establish that role of if, like, it doesn't matter if you feel like, you know, things are like this or things are like that. It's like, nah, like I know for a fact that I can get this thing done with or without you, mm -hmm. right? But I want to get it done with you yeah. because I want you to identify and I want you to know that we can build this together, right? As a team as a family, mm -hmm. as a cohesive group, right? That no matter what our goals are, and I tell them all the time, like use my brand to get you where you need to be, right? Absolutely. But just make sure you take care of my brand and I'm Absolutely. gonna help you get there. And I feel like that's a perfect way, I always say a perfect way for entrepreneurs, like even if you wanna start your own business, like take somebody like you and, and come onto you and, and come under your wing and learn from you and let mm -hmm. you teach them some ropes. So even if it's not a smoothie business, they can take some of the things they learn because yeah. it's a lesson in everything. Every single thing. So bro. you can take some of the lessons that you learn that they learn and apply it to their business, mm -hmm. especially like customer service. Right. That's every business. Right. You have to have customer right. service. If that's, not, the thing, that's the thing that I did, man. People don't know this either. Um, it was a family that, that lived in, uh, when I lived in Auburn, it was a black family that owned like 50 McDonald's in the area, right? Miss mm -hmm. Dolly Marshall now. And then I had a friend of mine that owned a, um, a Chick-fil-A. So during the summertime, it was slower in the gym. I would go, I would give them two hours a day, right? Two days a week. And I would go in there and work for free. You know what mm. I'm saying? But I went in there and worked because I knew I needed to learn a system, right? I didn't know what I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I knew that McDonald's had the best um, system of any fast food restaurant, right? Where they have the highest turnover rate, but you've never seen one close. Right? Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? So they doing something right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which I learned when I did that jump. Like, I promise you, if you'd have seen me working at McDonald's, bro, you you would it would remind you of coming to America. Right? <laughs> I was so happy mopping the floors, <laughs> yeah. doing fries, and they like, bro, why is this dude so happy? You know what I'm saying? And I'm working for free. Mm -hmm. But I knew I was learning a system that I was going to be able to go back and implement in my system. Right? Mm -hmm. And so what I learned from McDonald's was to simplify everything. Right? Take the thinking out of everything for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows what a number one. That's why they got numbers. The combos are numbers. On the screen, it's a number. 
You want a number one? All right, cool. Number one. Yep. I don't have to think about it. You know what I'm saying? Even in the, in the fries, they portion themselves. You don't have to mm. know how many fries to put in the basket. It does it for you. You got to mm. put it in there, push this button. It's going to tell you when it's time to come out. You don't have to think. <laughs> you yep. know what I'm saying? Push a button. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't have to think at all. So that's why they can take anybody and put them in the system. They just need a body. Mm-hmm. They don't need you to think. They just need a body. body. You know what I'm saying? That's why when work. people talk about like McDonald's should pay more money, it's like why? Why should they pay more money? You're not doing anything, right? Yeah. That's why they're like, all right, cool. I get a robot to do this because we mm-hmm. done already did all the thinking for you. And we starting to move that way with a lot of stuff now. No, we done did all the thinking for you. Robot ain't got to think. All they got to do is react. Mm-hmm. You hear this, do this. You know what I'm yep. saying? <laughs> when you see that's this, it. do that. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing that I learned from McDonald's, but then from Chick Fil A. What I also learned, like people don't know this either, like the number one employee that Chick-fil-A targets are homeschoolers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They self-motivated, right? They don't have stuff, they don't have a whole lot of extracurricular things going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they self-starters, they know how to learn, you know, all of that stuff. So that's their that's they number one, um, that's their number one uh, target employee, mm-hmm. right? And so from there, I learned the customer service end. I learned why they say my pleasure. I learned why they do the things that they do. I learned how they get people out in a fast manner. You know what Quick. I'm saying? Quickly. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the thing that I've learned from them. And so um, from those two, that, that's really one of the things that I've been able to excuse me, duplicate and input in my system. And I'm still learning that. I'm still, you know, getting the bugs out of that joint as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all about the learning process. Like for me, I remember working, I worked at a radio station and uh, man, I drove, I used to drive maybe like an hour every day just to go to work making ten dollars an hour so really by the time i got a paycheck from them you got yeah paying for gas <laughs> i barely broke even most of the time i didn't even make enough but right it was those things about how they taught me how to do production and mm-hmm. running the show behind the scenes and mm-hmm. editing edit the audio and, and those t- different type of things so so when it was finally time for me to leave i was like you know what man i i needed that right you just went so, to school you paid yeah. for school mm-hmm. that's all you so did. i so i took that a part of what i'm doing now but i'm like man it's a it's a lesson in every single thing mm-hmm. that you do, man. And mm-hmm. so you just got to have that discipline and, and, and be willing to learn. Right. And just, you know, and I, and like I always say, every opportunity doesn't come in the form of a paycheck. And what I was making, really, that was nothing. You, you just got to really, even if you think you're worth more than that at the time, just take those lessons and just learn from it, learn and, from it. And, it and just keep on going. Yep. I know we got a few more. We got to get ready to wrap it up. So what, what advice would you have for entrepreneurs of, of any business? Like, what, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, learn the why. Mm-hmm. Learn the why and everything. You know what I'm saying? Not the how. Everybody knows the how. Everybody can duplicate or change a how. But learn the why. Right? So when I opened up my store in Walmart, I used to go to the manager and was like, hey, why y'all put these right here? They don't know. They just come from corporate. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Corporate sent me this. Corporate did this. Well, why? I don't know. Nobody knows the why. The why is what makes you valuable. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Being able to forward think the why is what really makes you valuable. And then on top of that, you can incorporate the why into everything that you do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the things that like really important for people is that you just got to understand that you're valuable. And once you understand and realize that you're valuable and who you are as a person is something special to this world and stand on that, that's when you'll go down your own lane. I feel like you've already kind of maybe in a sense, maybe you feel like this seeing the worst, like you, you had all this money. Your account goes into the negative. You got all these things going on. You think about committing suicide, and you still stay resilient. You and you bounce back from it. Do you still have any other fears today? My only fear is dying early. 
mm. right? And dying with all of this inside of me, you know? And, and I think that one of the things that I, I push myself to do now is like, I don't, I don't sleep when I'm, rest, when I'm tired, I sleep when I'm done, you know what I'm saying? And so like every day, my goal is to empty the tank. Like I mm -hmm. wanna empty the tank every single day. I wanna give, I wanna give every day my all, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So if I die that day, I'm good with giving it everything I have. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I empty my tank, you know? And so, like, for me, at any moment, I work so hard and so diligently on being a better version of myself, you know what I'm saying? As a man, as a husband, as a father, as a brother, as a son. Like, I work so hard on being a better version of myself that no matter what happens, I'm always satisfied with the results that I produce. Because I'm just trying to be a good human. Right. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I ain't trying to freak nobody over. I ain't trying to, I just want to be a great human, mm -hmm. right? And so from there, it, it helps me to not have the fear. You know, mm -hmm. it's not to not have the fear of, cause like now I won't lose everything again. I done done that before. I know what that feels like. I'm not, go, I'm not, I'm never going back to that place again. Mm -hmm. Right. I've experienced it. I've, I've learned from it. I've dealt with it, but I'm never going back to that place again. Yeah. And so for me, I think that the biggest thing is to operate in fearlessness. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I know my ability. I know I'm capable. I just, I just showed it to the world. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I showed exactly. it to the world. Like, bro, like all this stuff that's in the store was in storage for three years. I knew I was going to do this again. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You already had it. I already knew. I've, I've seen it. I've told you. I've seen it already. Mm -hmm. You know, so it just takes the, it, it takes me. And then the biggest thing is, is that this has nothing to do with me. Right? This brand, this business, this company has nothing to do with me at all. Right? It's, it's way bigger than me. Mm -hmm. You know, am I yep. going to be successful and see the fruits of my labor? Yeah, because I'm obedient, right? I'm consistent with doing what I was called to do. But mm -hmm. it has absolutely nothing to do with me personally, right? Mm -hmm. And when I tell people that, they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, my obedience is tied to so many other people, mm -hmm. right? Think about this interview right now. If I had to stop and not been doing what I'm doing, we wouldn't be sitting here at this moment. That's a fact, yep. You see what I'm saying? Think about the people that's in here. Think about the people that's around, people that's mm -hmm. going to come today for this event. Mm -hmm. Had I stopped then, these people would have never even been here. Mm -hmm. and it's, everything that you're saying is like, is it all coming back full circle? Because we talk about these things so much on the podcast. It's like, we always say it's not about us, it's for a higher purpose. And, and when you're using, when you, you, using your gift, it's like, you bring so many people in, they come together. Like just a few months back when I had my book signing, when I released my book, I had people come, family and friends come, some of my buddies I haven't seen in, from, in college. From, I graduated in 2014 okay. from USC State. And that was the first time all of us were in the same room together in seven years. Mm -hmm. So to see something that I had a vision for when I, that I created with my book, to bring everybody back together. Right. And even, even the podcast, like you were saying, like what you were doing and what I'm doing, like if we're not doing what we do, this moment doesn't even happen. It doesn't even happen. Right. Yeah. It don't it even happen. Mm -hmm. And think about the people that's going to be impacted by this podcast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I have people all the time even tell me now, I was like, hey, man, like some of them I don't even know. It's like, man. I love what you're doing, man. You inspired me to go after my dreams. Mm -hmm. One of the, the, one of the most profound moments for me recently was like, it almost made me cry, man. Was the day after um, my book signing, and I got a, I got a chance to speak at my I did did my book signing. I got got up there and spoke, man, and I got emotional. And I remember the next day, my aunt texted me early that morning, maybe like seven eight in the morning. She's like, man, nephew, I love you. I'm so proud of you. And she was just like, you inspired me to go after my goals. And to, to know that something like that, when my aunt takes me early in the morning like that, to, to know that I inspire her to go after what she want to do. And now she's, she's creative because she, she does a lot of like handcrafting and mm -hmm. doing things with cups and 
decorations, anything like that you need, she can do it. And for her to tell me that I inspired her, man, that that meant the world to me to know that, like, man, something that I had a vision for and that I was creating. Yeah, it's, it's all bigger than you. And you don't know who that person is or when that moment is going to happen. But, man, it's like somebody's going to need to see that. Yep. And it inspires them to keep going and do what they want to do. Yep. Hands down. Hands down. I think that, that the more that we identify the fact that it's bigger than us, again, it gets rid of the ego. Absolutely. Right? Has nothing to do with us. You know, and I tell people all the time, like, bro, I'm gonna live forever. Mm-hmm. And when I tell people that, they're like, bro, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, no, bro, I'm gonna live forever, right? And I give people the example. Like, you think about Mansa Musa. There is nobody that knows anybody that knows anybody that has ever seen this man. Mm-hmm. Right? There's mm-hmm. nobody that you know, there's nobody that I know that I've ever heard of knowing that has ever lived to be able to see this man in person. Nobody. But we still talk about but him to this day. still live. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Michael Jackson. Like, this man, music, the things that he did and accomplished will live forever. Forever. You know what I'm saying? To this day. To this day. Still... The impact that this man created will live forever. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of impact I'm trying to make. Absolutely. My, my final two questions and we'll wrap it up. If you had to lay out a blueprint for building a business, um, mm-hmm. any type of business you want, but if you had to lay out a blueprint, what would you say your, would be your blueprint for building a business? The first is to understand the market, right? Understand whatever business you're trying to go in. And the second part of that is doing it small. You know what I'm saying? Do it small. Do it real small. And start with whatever you have. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a, a lot of problem is, especially with like the food truck industry, I teach people how to get in the food truck game, right? In the food truck industry, a lot of people, what they do is they go into it and they want to buy the food truck. They want to do this. They want to do that. But they don't even know what they're selling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then I ask them, like, what you selling? Oh, well, I'm thinking about this. Okay, cool. Well, what is the, what is the, um, then I ask them, like, what is your, what is your menu? Right? Oh, well, I'm going to sell this. Well, how much does that cost you? Oh, well, it only costs me this to buy the whole thing. Well, how much does it cost you per thing? Right? Well, I mean, um, you don't even know. Mm-hmm. So you want to jump into this whole thing. You've never sold your product. You never put your product in anybody's hand. You don't even know if people are going to buy your product. You think right. because you're good at baking cookies that people are going to buy your cookies. Right. Mm-hmm. Your cookie's good to you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so what I tell people is that start with what you have, right? Sell it to the people that surround you. Give it away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm a big believer in giving your product away. If it's good, it's going to double back. You right. know what I'm saying? So I think that, that that's one of the things that I always tell everybody. Start small. Start with what you have, and then build from there. Because you, you build, you build endurance along the way. You don't you don't create endurance, right? You don't right. start with endurance. You don't you don't come yep. out the gate with endurance, right? That's just like somebody running a marathon or a mile. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be a marathon runner by just starting to run. Like mm-hmm. you have to build that endurance up in your body to be able to get to the point every day and do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My, so, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say my final question. I know we got to get ready to wrap it up. Um, we got the, we got a south opening getting ready to happen in just yeah. a few moments. Um, but this is the Cross the Line Podcast 2021 Self Investment Tool. So we love to ask all entrepreneurs and anybody that comes on, what does self investment mean to you? Self investment means um, to me, I think it means to like find a way to make yourself better internally, right? Mm-hmm. Knowledge, things that that no one can take from you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't invest in these clothes and things like that. Invest in something that no one can take from you. Mm-hmm. You know, the intangible things. You know, your knowledge, your information, your experiences. Invest in those things. So I think that's one of the things that's most important to me are things that, that no one can take from you. 
Absolutely. Well, Keon, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and, and talk with us today, man. I really enjoyed it hearing your story. Like I said, I did a little bit of research, but I wanted to wait until hear everything once right. we got here. So, man, I really appreciate it, man. It I was definitely too, worth the opportunity. Go ahead and talk about some of your products as well. Yeah, so we have. got um, we got our blenders here. This is our uh, personal blender. Uh, it's called a Groove and Go blender. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you can take it on the go with you. Um, whenever you're uh, like making protein, you making drinks at home. A lot of people don't like making smoothies at home. They don't want to drink them right then, right? They want to drink them when they get to work. But you got to blend them at home because you're blending at home. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So with this, you can fill it up, do whatever, put whatever you want to put in it, and then um, you can blend it when you get to the spot. You know? mm -hmm. So that's one of those. Uh, my recipe book, The Making Smoothie Magic 2.0. Uh, it's a lot of our recipes. It's a lot of things that we did that we uh, that we actually do in here. Uh, we also got hats and. Um, I got my personal books, I got straws, I got anything, anything that it takes to make a, um, a smoothie or anything that you need in the smoothie industry, I want my name on it, right? right? So we got frozen fruit packages coming up, uh, we got our cold press juices coming out, like anything that you can think of, we gonna do. Absolutely. I, I saw, I was watching this last night on, uh, when you were on 85 South mm -hmm. and Chico was talking about the, uh, the blend. I was like, man, that is dope. Oh, yeah, have like strong. A, 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 yeah, a strong. mini blender that you can take on the go with you. But man, yep. I, man, I love everything that you're doing, man. This is inspiring, you know, see somebody, like I always say, it's one thing to see entrepreneurs, but when you see somebody that looks like us doing game something, changer. it's a game changer. Game Cause changer. then it makes it really feel like, man, I can, I can do something like this. But when you see somebody that does it, you might have, feel like you can do it. But it's just like, man, it may seem like it's a long shot because mm -hmm. they don't come, come from the same, same background. background right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. to see somebody like you building this, man, and, and where you were to where you are now and everything that you went through, man, I know a lot of people are going to really appreciate the story, man. I, I enjoyed it. But I, I want to thank you again for taking the time to sit with us. I appreciate that. Oh, appreciate absolutely. That. Appreciate so I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. We got to get ready for the, the uh, South opening that's getting ready to take place. So until next, oh, before we got here, tell everyone how to find you. Yeah, most definitely. You can find me um, at all social platforms uh, at Smooth and Groove. That's Smooth, the letter N, Groove. Uh, you can also text me at 404 uh, 737 1135. And anything you need, any questions you have, any concern, anything that you can think of, let me know. I got you. Absolutely. So we hope everyone enjoyed this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour. So until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is the Cross the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening. Let's get it.